Hello and welcome to the podcast that explores the heartlands, entertainment industries. I'm Brian. I'm Nicholas. And here we are on Zoom again. <laughs> We're just We're trucking right along. We're back, baby. Oh, yeah. yeah. You We're know, trying. one of these days we'll actually be in person together again. No, but... we won't. I've sworn off you. Yeah, well, that's true. It's, yeah. You know, I get everything dirty. I uh, have you been uh, have your has your toes defrosted after after the movie you've just done? Oh, man. So we're recording this in February, uh, right after the gigantic, crazy snowstorm. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll tell you what, man, uh, it was pretty cold. We weren't shooting outside, luckily, but we were shooting indoors and because of the insanity that was going on outside, we didn't have any heating. So oh. like all of us were still full blown bundled up because it was so effing cold inside these buildings. Oh, and you couldn't even huddle for warmth because of Kevin. I know. Wow. Oh, no body That's... heat. Nothing it was lonely. It was wow. Cold and lonely. Man, Brian, I, I hate to tell you, but I think we're going to have to do that question again because we started and your hat was off. Ah, and, it's and true. And now your hat's on. My this hat's is, back on. This continuity has just been ruined. It's, I, it's all over the place. It's never going to cut together. I wish there was someone who was like kind of watching us and like could tell us of like, hey, man, you 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 didn't do that right. You, 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 you're not consistent with this. I need to be you know more consistent what? in my life. I have the perfect person in mind. And that's I, today's guest. What? How can Amanda Higo. Script supervisor extraordinaire and continuity person to the stars. <laughs> continuity person to the stars. Ah, ah, will, yes. This will be today fantastic. we are talking. We're talking all continuity today. This is a, a, a very mysterious position that not a lot of people know or understand. <clears throat> Honestly, including me, uh, there's a lot that I still don't understand. Yeah, there's usually a lot of monitors in the way of what's going on. So you just kind of see like a little head bopping up and down every once in a while. And you're just like, who's who is that? What's going on back there? What are yeah. they writing? What are the squills? What are they doodling? So that is today's topic is continuity and script supervising. It is loads of fun. And I say we just stop beating around the bush and get right to it. What do you think? Yeah, let's do it, man. All right, so here's our conversation with Amanda Higo. Amanda Higo, how are you, madam? Welcome to the Yoki Show Show. I am glad to be here. <laughs> well, we're super excited to have you. You know, uh, you you are a, a script supervisor of many names <laughs> because <laughs> your name is Amanda, but I always call you Mandy. <laughs> mm-hmm. So... But for the sake of IMDb, we're going to call you Amanda. That's true. Yeah, we'll, we'll simplify it. And then yeah. you- well, actually, maybe you should call me Mandy because the other script supervisor only goes by Amanda. And that's, that's really true. We for should the do sake both. of differentiation. Yeah, Between we should do- the two, Amanda's. We should do both just to keep the audience on their toes. Just so it's like, who's Mandy? Who's this new one? Oh, it's Mandy. Who's, who's yeah. that? Mandy. Yeah, well, because we, we could also call you um, Amanda Gonzalez. Because yes. that's your your original. That's you know on IMDb. That's who you are. Mm-hmm. That's a you know the the maiden name thing it's is kind of, always very confusing. Keeping right. people on it their toes. Annoying. 
We'll yeah. check back in in a few years and it'll be like Dutch Chavez or something like that. Like just like, <laughs> I'm just really mixing it up, throwing it out there. You have your pseudonym <laughs> for when you write. Yeah. Right. It's, so it's you are hyphenate Gonzalez. So I just decided to go with Higo. Yeah. There you go. It's shorter. So you're one of the few, as far as I know, full-time script supervisors in the state of Oklahoma. You're, you're one of the Mandas. Yes. <laughs> right. It's you. It's, it's uh, Amanda Rainey. And then who else? Uh, I think there's a couple other people who dabble in it, but they end up every time I keep throwing their name in the ring, they keep busy being busy with something else. Yeah. So dabblers. I remember at one point, 10 years ago, I was, I was told multiple times I was the only script supervisor in Oklahoma. They're like, we didn't know Oklahoma had one. I said, well, now you do. (laughs) Now you do. And I'll tell you what, dear audience, for the love of God, we need more script supervisors because we just do. I mean, like you and Amanda Rainey, you guys are always booked on stuff, you know, so there's openings. Yeah. Yeah, We try to tag team it back and forth, but. Calling all Amandas. If you're named Amanda, <laughs> you are qualified. Yeah. Are you are you named Amanda? Do you like continuity? This could be the job for you. Seriously. So, so right out the gate, let's talk about the script supervisor position. What exactly is a script supervisor? It confuses the heck out of a lot of people. Like when they ask me, they think either I write scripts or I'm like, changing lines of actors. So I tell everybody, even even people in production are just kind of like, so what does a script supervisor do? They see me draw the squiggle lines and they're like, what is that squiggle line? I always see script supervisors draw the squiggle line. What is that for? Even Brian asked this last time. I'm like, why did you not ask me sooner? Like, this is not a hard thing to explain. I always thought it was some cryptic mystical thing going on. Brian's, Brian's very shy. It's a, it's a way to figure out what's been covered on camera. So yeah. anytime you see a squiggle line, that means that it's it's been said, but it hasn't been seen being said. So anytime there's a straight line, that means the camera actually has seen those lines being said. So it's a way to see at a glance. That's one of the things we do. We line scripts. So every, every setup has a line. And if it's a straight line, that means that those words have been caught on camera. And if it's a squiggle line, that means those words have been caught off camera. So you can say, you know, so the editor can, can see what uh, footage has been covered, what dialogue has been covered. So I say I'm the editor's best friend because literally no one else really cares what I'm doing except for the editor. I'm there to make, (laughs) it edit together smoothly. Um, so yeah. that's, that's one of the things. So I'll, uh, script supervising, we keep track of all the takes, all the setups. Um, if there are things that have been missed, we, we tell production like, hey, you need to go back and shoot this section of the script or hey, we, we didn't make our day or we did make our day or we shot extra scenes for our day, um, keeping track and then keeping track of what's left um, so that the first AD can be like, wow, we really need to kick it up a notch. We're very much behind. So <laughs> yeah, That's one thing, um, keeping track of continuity. So while we're filming, we're making sure like the actor holds the cup in his right hand. That was my left. The actor holds the cup with the right hand. <laughs> and it doesn't switch when whenever they break for lunch and come back and it's like what hand did i use 
I, I get that question a lot. And so <laughs> yeah. shorthand notes and some actors are good and some actors suck at it. Mm-hmm. Like they don't remember what they did or they change things from the master to the close up. And so then you get like jump cuts. So you've got phone here, phone here, phone here, phone here, when you're trying to cut back and forth between the master. I'm sure because that's what the character would have wanted. Mm-hmm. Yes. Chaos. <laughs> yeah. Yes. The biggest question is, would you have caught that coffee cup on Game of Thrones? Ooh. Possibly. Okay. But there are times, man, I am so tired that I do not catch something. And then either wardrobe or set or someone else who is watching the, you know, the footage with me, not just mm-hmm. me, can be like, oh. Uh, we messed up this part. Can you make a note? I'm like, yeah, I will make a note of that thing that I just missed because I was not paying attention to that part. I have a theory that the Game of Thrones thing was totally on purpose because there's so many people looking at the monitors and then it goes through editing and then there goes through the effects and then color grading. There's so many places where they could have caught that. I think this is my conspiracy theory about Game of Thrones is that they they made a deal with Starbucks and they were like, mm. we'll make it go viral. And, <laughs> and you know, even in post, you could choose a different take. I'm sure they probably saw the coffee cup and thought, Oh, let's get that out of the set. Let's film another take. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, you don't have to use the take that has the wrong continuity in it. Unless the director liked the, the action better, or he liked yeah. the interpretation of that line. Or you can do like what, theory. They what they did on Mandalorian. They just like scrap, scraped out the guy in, with VFX, the one who was like in the back. Did you hear about that one? Oh, yeah, yeah. The poor PA like, who's like, like hiding. against the wall. <laughs> <laughs> and they, have, they yeah. have shots of it, but it didn't make the final cut because you can just, you know, erase them out. So, so when, when you break the news of like, hey, this was messed up, like how, how often are you met with like a... Uh, like a reaction of like, oh, come on. type. Like how many positive reactions do you get whenever you tell the director or first AD of like, hey, you guys messed up the scene or hey, this got messed up or anything? It's about 50-50. It's oh, about, it's good. It, some, some directors care more than others. Some will be like, okay, no, we, we have to do it again. Others will be like, no, it's fine. We're moving on. Yeah, well, we don't care. So I'm like, well, I did my job. I told you about it. Yeah. <laughs> did anyone notice? Did anyone see that? Mark yeah. that down. I know. Mandy Higo Gonzalez. Yeah. Better job. <laughs> well, and, and that kind of brings it to the next, my next question, which is why is it so important to have a script supervisor on a film set? It really helps the director. Um, honestly, I was thinking about that on this last shoot that I did. Um, I'm like the right-hand person of the director in the sense that I've got the script. I, I have what the lines are that are written. Um, and you kind of have to visualize how the director will, will cut this together, how it will flow together. And if something doesn't feel right, if something is slightly off, I can go to the director while we're actually filming and say, hey, you probably want to get another take saying these actual lines, or you probably want to get another take of him looking over to the left because it might not cut because he's been looking to the right this whole time. And you might want that option. And generally they'll be like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're right. Let's, let's go ahead and get one more. Um, so it's significantly cost-effective, more cost-effective to film it during the actual production than it would be to try to cut it together and fix it in post 
mm-hmm. or to try to cobble together something that wasn't originally their vision to begin with. Yeah. Um, so, so I'm there to kind of help keep the director on, on task and make sure that the other departments are not caught with their pants down, so to speak, you know, like wardrobe is like, we should have had him in day six wardrobe or, uh, you know, the set, you see, you see things moving on the set all the time, mm-hmm. you know, during, during yeah. takes. I feel like wardrobe should, never be, wardrobe should never be caught with their pants down. That's their job. <laughs> of all the departments to not be caught with their pants down. The number it's really one wardrobe. priority, do they have pants? Yes. Move on from there. Are they the right yeah. pants? Are they the right pants? Okay. That's right. That's That's the they can get caught with their pants down as long as they are the right pants. Exactly. Uh, they, he pulled down his day six pants. Uh, <laughs> he pulled them down with his right hand. You got to yeah. do it with your left. Oh, come on. <laughs> So let's talk about eyelines a little bit, because that's that is uh, I feel like that's, you know, a DP thing that also becomes a script supervisor thing in that I've seen you. Well, I've seen arguments between the script supervisor and the DP of like you crossed the line. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. Well, it's fine. No, it's not. So first of all, what are eyelines for those who don't know? Eyelines are one of the most confusing things. And they're even more confusing. Like for me, they're confusing as well. Like I have to actually visually be like, okay. So if he looked left screen, then he has to keep looking left even when we've crossed and flipped the camera. So it's something you learn in film school. It's like the 180, you know, camera rule where you draw a line between two people and the camera can only stay on one side of the axis. And then you have to keep, even if you're flipping the camera. And then the only way you can switch axes, axis, axes, is if you if you have a movement of the characters or if you've bring, brought in another person. Um, so it can get kind of a little convoluted. And the reason is because when you're putting it together, if you've got um, someone facing one way, that other person needs to face the other way and be looking the opposite direction so that when you're, when you're watching it together, it seamlessly looks like they're talking to each other. Uh, if you have one person look, looking left and you have another person also looking left, it both looks like they're talking to an imaginary person. <laughs> yeah, it looks like they're looking them. in the same direction, talking yeah. side by side. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it won't flow together. Right. Um, and there, there are ways you can kind of get around it, but when you're watching something, it jars you and you're kind of like when it when it does happen, you're like, something didn't feel right. What it's what very disorienting. Because yeah. it's something like the way I've always kind of pictured it is like if I'm eavesdropping on or if I'm watching a conversation happen, I'm, I'm standing in between these two people and I'm looking this way, and then I want to know what the other person has to say. So I turn the other way and they're facing the other direction. I'm not walking across their eye line and then looking at them that way and then walking back. I'm I'm consistently looking one way and then the other and then the other. Mm-hmm. So that's the way I've always kind of eyelines are confusing as hell. Like I, I just encourage all of our listeners, if you are con- confused about eyelines, which are super important in order to structure a scene together to where it's cohesive. Mm-hmm. And so you're not constantly disorienting your audience. Just research the 180 rule and research eyelines. Uh, because the, the more solid you get your eyelines down, the more professional it looks like the, it's yeah it's like a it's a it's it's just gosh darn confusing yeah and i've had directors and dps also tell me they're like i'm horrible with eyelines please keep me honest about this 
please help me. You got to help me with this. And I'm like, okay, we're going to do our best. But it is something, yes, the DP especially really needs to have the strongest knowledge as to like where to put the camera, where can you put the camera so that you can actually have a, a good uh, visual so yeah. that the visual can actually tell the story that you're trying to tell. Is there a specific uh, software or app that you use for for um, shot diagrams and, and eye lines and stuff? Isn't there something for that? There, there was an app that I was playing around around with. It was called Shot Designer. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. It seemed pretty cool. I haven't used it recently, um, so but you can great. actually... You can, yeah, but it was great five years ago. Uh, but you can set up the cameras and they'll actually give little diagrams of like, yeah. this is the direction the camera is facing. You should put your camera over here. Yeah. Um, Do you get, and, oh, sorry, go ahead. The, well, the more, the more the DP plans out camera placement, the better off everybody's life is going to be. Mm -hmm. Do you get any, some, do you get any kind of, uh, pushback or flack like I, I think I'd seen that before I don't know if it was you or another scripty but trying to explain the 180 rule to like the DP and the DP is like no 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 it's fine or whatever like do you yeah. it was probably someone else because if they fight me I'm just like okay yeah that, I, I, that was my job I did it that was, <laughs> if, if you don't understand this I'm sorry for you gotcha. uh, do you feel that uh pressure though on that because I mean in all the other departments like even sound you know sometimes Brian solos it but Usually it's, he's got at least a boom op with them, you know, two person thing. S script supervisor, most of the time it's just you, right? That's just your department, right? It really is. And the more I was thinking about it on this past one, I had an intern for a week and I'm like, this is really nice. I have a second pair of eyes. I can actually ask them, hey, what was the, what was the movement for this section? And they were catching things that I might've been like, and they were catching things that I was like, no, nah, that's not a big deal. Don't worry about that one. Um, but it's nice to have at least one other person so that things get covered. Mm -hmm, um, yeah. But for the most part, it really shouldn't be, but it is a one person job, which is also kind of hard when you're trying to train somebody because you're literally training your direct competition. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, let uh -huh. me teach you how to do this job really, really well. Uh, <laughs> so then they'll call you and not me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So what it really be two people, but. One thing I've always been kind of fascinated by is it, the preparation of a movie for the script supervisor. What does that look like? What does your prep look like? So a lot of times they really should put in the budget to cover a script supervisor breaking down the script. And I think that in, in larger films, it's called like script. What was it? It was some sort of prep word. Um, and it was, they, they break down the script so they can tell you what the page count is, day, night, day one, day two, day three kind of situations, because they're reading the entire script. So, but as far, that has hardly, I don't think I've ever been paid to actually break down a script. I think I've gotten one or two pre-production days. And so I generally, I mean, I break it down anyway, because that's how I make sure that I can do my job. Mm -hmm. But I'm reading the script. First, I'm reading the script for just content to understand the story. And then I read it again and I will highlight all the characters, all the props, all the wardrobe things, anything that is talked about. Uh, you know, she comes in with bruises from the night before. So I have to make sure, okay, so from here on out, she's got these bruises. Um, so I'm keeping track of that. I break it down into eights. 
So you've got, uh, you know, you've got one page that it breaks down into eight eighths of a page. So if you've got one scene that's four eighths of a page and the bottom part is four eighths of a page, you can say that scene is four eighths. And it's kind of a way to judge like, hey, we've shot six pages today. That's a lot of page. Hey, we've shot three eighths of a page today. Uh, we need to change things. So it's kind of a, a time judging to see if, if they're making their days basically or not. Yeah. Um, I'm keeping track of the continuity of days. So day one, how long, how many scenes are covered in day one and the night one. Um, and that helps more for wardrobe and makeup uh, to make sure progression um, comes out properly. So mm -hmm. you can kind of see age if you need to, or at least progression of time. So I'm breaking that down. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much what what prep would be is just reading and really knowing the the story and the script. Yeah, until What's they give you five pages of changes, and then you have to right. Change. Yeah, yeah, and then they the throw that before. in. We re we rewrote the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. figure it out. <laughs> hey there, film folks. If you're trying to get your project made, I got to tell you about my friends over at ngpfilm.com. If you are in the state of Oklahoma and you need equipment to get your project made, you need to go to NGP. They've got camera equipment, grip and electric equipment, sound equipment, production gear, stuff for your locations, pretty much everything. And if they don't have it, they're going to help you find it. Their customer service and support is out of this world. Literally, if you're in the middle of your day and you need extra gear, they will come to where you are and drop the stuff off. Or they have a super convenient night pickup and drop off. So you can call them. They'll leave it in these really cool little bins with a code that they give you. And then you show up and you put the code in and then voila, you got the gear. And then when you're done with the gear, you come back, you leave it in the drop off, you put the lock back on, and then shazam, your day's over at three in the morning. NGPfilm.com is pretty much the best thing Oklahoma Film has to offer. If you have any rentals, anything that you need, check them out, NGPfilm.com. Say you've got a project that you're filming tomorrow, but what's that? There's construction that started across the street next to the overpopulated dog kennel? If only there was a better, more controlled environment to shoot your movie at. A magical place where the location owner doesn't change their mind last minute and send you scrambling to find a new spot to shoot your high school-themed alien invasion murder mystery. Where is this land of milk and honey and craft services? Green Pasture Studio in Oklahoma City is a 12-acre campus boasting over 8,000 square feet of Hollywood-grade soundstage, plus standing sets including a high school, police station, hospital, bar, a full house, and a wooded backlot. The campus has everything a filmmaker might need to elevate their production, so why not build your dream at Oklahoma's premier soundstage? You can learn more at greenpasturesstudio.com. Green Pastures Studios, so much more convenient than your ex-girlfriend's dad's house. Uh, what's in your, what, what's in the script supervisor's toolkit? I have, I've been doing, I do a lot of things just manually. So just pen and paper. That's the old school way, but Amanda, you'll hear. Amanda, you will, uh, bad. Bleep <laughs> <Boo>. that. <laughs> the, the old school script supervisors will tell you, do it pen and paper. Be really good with pen and paper. Don't worry about the new software or anything like that because you just need to be watching the monitor and making sure that you visualize everything that you've got 
you know, that you memorize it. There are times when I have to literally turn my brain off when I'm watching a film because I'll be like, right hand grabs the doorknob, left hand holds the bag, and then she walks in and she walks from right to left. And then I'm like, wait, I just need to watch the movie. Yeah, uh, it's so ruined the suspension of disbelief for you. Pretty much. <laughs> uh, so so I, have, I have a big binder that I print off the, the entire script. I have a little mini hole puncher that's with me. Um, I used to have colored pencils that I would mark things, uh, which I haven't, I haven't done a lot of colored stuff recently. I've got, um, I've got a log that I keep that I write what the clips are, what the scenes are, what the takes are, if they're comments. Um, and that's, that goes to the editor. I've got erasable pens cause those are just handier. They, you can mark on them and they um, photocopy better than an actual erasable, you know, a pencil. Mm -hmm. um, but then of course, if you need to make, if you need to erase mistakes, you can erase mistakes. Um, but recently, and a digital camera. So having those, having those pictures as far as like backing up when you have to argue with the actress that the purse was indeed in her left hand. You <laughs> I have photographic evidence. <laughs> which yeah. I did. I got an argument with, um, was, was it Vivica A. Fox, I think. And I was like, the purse was in your left hand. She goes, oh no, honey, it was in my right hand. I said, no, I'm pretty sure it was in the left hand. She's like, no, honey, I always had it in my right hand. So I had to go back and I had to, uh, uh, I just looked over. I was like, can you show me the footage? And it was indeed, there was a take, it was in her left hand. And I was right, but I couldn't do anything about it because I couldn't prove it. I didn't have my digital camera. That was like 10 years ago. Oh, ah. uh, well, but, now you're, you're super high tech because now you have some fancy app work going on on your iPad. Ooh, this last one, I was trying this new software that was helping to both, oh, and a time of, a timer you're supposed to time takes right. and everything like that so a little stopwatch um but i have this app that i'm trying out with my ipad uh where i can i can time the takes i can keep track and make my logs digitally and i actually can grab screen grabs so i'm using viewer v e u r which is um there was a i think it was a teradeck does a serve pro kind of something that wirelessly transmits footage yeah it's, it's pretty freaking sick oh my gosh it literally has changed the way that i work so i'm grabbing screen grabs right and left which is kind of taken away from my whole quick you know chicken scratch on the paper but it's okay because i actually there were multiple times where the dp was like hey what was my what was my um framing for that last setup and so i can actually go and show them uh, much easier than going back and having them to pull up the, the original footage and view it through the camera and things like that. So I have yeah. a screen grab right there where I can show them, this is what you did. Um, as well as keeping track, uh, I can line digitally as well. Mm, so cool. So, and we can even like, we even jam time code on your iPad this time around. So you, even yes. your, your slate time code was synced to the mixer and to the smart slate and to the cameras, like everything was all synchronized. Yeah. So which, helps even more in post. I really liked it. It was, it's called movie slate. It's an app that you can actually subscribe to. You can either buy it outright or you can subscribe to it. I know a lot of script supervisors use scripty, which is a, uh, another script supervising software. It's also very expensive. And when I would have to pay like half of what I make on a single film, just to purchase the software that has yeah. a very steep learning curve. Ooh. I still have yet to prove to myself that I should make this investment. Right. 
maybe eventually I will. Maybe there'll be some huge film that's like, you have to be a script E software user to be able to work on this film. Um, but as of yet, I have, I have not quite run across that indie that has a $50 million budget. Right. Um, Whenever your script supervisor on Avengers 6, that'll be the time. Right. So this, <laughs> this software was like $25 a month. And I was like, I can do that. Much better. Especially because yeah. you could pause your subscription. Mm-hmm. So, so that was, you know, I was doing, I was doing things manually because the first few days were, there's a bit of a learning curve and I wanted to make sure I didn't miss anything. So Brian probably saw me like, I was scribbling things and trying to play on my iPad and capture screen grabs and figure out why it wasn't working with my iPad and things like that. Um, by the end of the film though, I had figured it out and I had my little workflow going and I was like, okay, I like this so far this has been the best tool of my, my, I don't know, my tool bag. It's, nice. it's pretty freaking cool. Like, and I feel like I'm communicating with you as the scripty quite a bit. The sound mixer interacts with the script supervisor just to keep take numbers and all of our, our logging stuff kind of, we want to make sure that we're all on the same page as far as filing names Oh, there have so, been multiple times I've come. I'm like, did we do two takes or three takes? Yeah, yeah. And then I'll ask the same thing later on. And so it's yeah. a really fun communication. That's why I've always really enjoyed the um, the the interdepartment communication, you know. Yeah. And plus, we I always end up just hanging out with you whenever we're waiting for the next setup. <laughs> it's, like those, it's like those single crew members that are like, we don't have an actual crew. Let's be friends. Yeah. Could, could I hang out with are you, you while you I'm waiting on everybody too? else? Yeah. Okay. I'm so lonely. We're the I think you were the scripty on the first movie, maybe the second movie that I worked on. And so we've been friends for like 10 years or something. I think so. Golly. I think, a man, I think America was the first film. <laughs> I think so. Way back when. What was wow. your first film that you did? My first feature was post-human because before that I was doing oh. documentary stuff. Did you do the prologue? Because I script supervised the prologue. Where I they did were not. Trying... Oh, okay. Where they were trying to prove that they had something that they could actually be produced. Yeah. Actually, okay. So for me, it was post-human and then I did um, A Light from the Dark Room and then I did America. Okay. So I think a light from the dark room is where I met Rainy, and right. then America is where I met you. Yep. So you were movie number three for me. Got it. Because I don't think we even had a scripty on post human, but that is neither oh, here nor there. Yes. That, how did how did they get away with that? I don't know. The, dude, well, that's <laughs> the crazy thing is that there's so many movies, especially on the 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 micro budget indie level, that they just sacrifice the script supervisor position, and you pay for it, man. Like yeah. continuities all over the place, eye lines are right. everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not you know. like we're a high ticket item. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's one I, person. <laughs> I get paid almost as. I mean, I've done PA work that I've made more money than some script supervising jobs but i do it because i like it better than being a production assistant so yeah yeah, yeah. i would rather keep the be the glue that keeps the film together right yes what is uh what are some things that that other departments can do to make your job easier take a lot of pictures so 
honestly, and, and on this last film, I keep mentioning this last film because that's like, literally, I just came off this last film. So <laughs> we both did. We, we braved. Both did. We're recording this in February. I think this will be coming out probably in May. Oh, gosh. But uh, yeah, so we braved the insane 2021 snowpocalypse. Yeah. So listeners, it's, it was so frustrating to think about the fact that if we didn't have to quarantine for the seven days because we had a couple of COVID positives, we would have been done. Everyone would have been home during all the snow blizzards and we wouldn't have had to try to carve ourselves out and film for the last three days of this this movie. Yeah, that's why I was just like, let's just get it done for the love of God. Yeah. Which and there were a couple scenes they're gonna have to do like the outside car crash. They're gonna have to do it somewhere a little bit warmer than yeah. Oklahoma. I was even talking with the director about. I was like, I don't know why people film. I mean, I know why they film in Oklahoma in February because no one else films in Oklahoma in February. Yeah. But he was like, Yeah, they they told me there would be more crew. It's like, Yeah, if the crew can get to set. Yeah. Then well, you'll and have also crew. like our the number of movies shooting has just been skyrocketing. And right. uh, it's it is kind of funny because I feel like every production has been having the same brilliant idea of like nobody will be shooting right now. And then it turns out everybody's shooting right now. Right. So to go back to your question, what other departments can do if they are keeping track and like the wardrobe department in this last film, they were so good at their job that I realized I wasn't paying attention to all the little nuances of the wardrobe like I usually do. Yeah, I should probably admit that, but they <laughs> they were so good about taking pictures and making sure that every single person was in their wardrobe that I that I trusted them to do their job. So I could focus more on the fact that the actors were saying different lines every single take um, and making sure the director was OK with that. Um, so so definitely keeping track as far as day continuity, wardrobe, makeup set that was one thing that we struggled with because we had i think one set director or one set dresser and one props person they were being pulled so many different directions to try to prep for the next scene that they weren't actually on scene what we were filming currently so between the director and myself we were making sure that the right water pitchers were set where they were supposed to and I know I felt bad for them because I know that doesn't make them look good. But if you don't have the crew that you need to to keep the train moving, then you're going to suffer while you're actually filming. Yeah. So, so that's a nice note for our UPMs out there that that are wanting to do that job more is, you know, make sure you have enough crew. <laughs> you need at least two people you need a props and a props assistant at least that you need someone on set at all times in every department to make sure that you are watching things like continuity yeah. so makeup needs a makeup rep hair needs a makeup rep or hair needs a hair rep uh wardrobe costumes needs somebody on set um so does set dresser and props you all you need a representative there watching their whole job is to make sure that what it what their department is 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 taken care of have you done you've done commercials correct yes or, okay um how does that fact because uh i remember uh i've done i did a commercial with the other rainy the other amanda not the other okay. rainy the only one rainy um yeah, yeah but uh since it's like you know 30 seconds hard out and everything 
the timing of that was I, we would do a take and she, and I would just, and I was away from village and she would just come around the corner each time and be like, that's, you know, way too slow or that's, that's, that's that. So what's it, what's it like uh, doing that with a commercial with kind of a more strict, Hey, you got to get this line out like quick or else like it's not going to make second it. line. Yeah. Yeah. Commercials pay very, very well, by the way. Um, oh, nice. <laughs> nice. Amen. <laughs> no, that's where that's where the stopwatch really comes into play. So you're not necessarily watching continuity as much as you're making sure that the action can get shrunk into that 30 second spot. Or mm -hmm. nowadays, even 15 second spots. So these YouTube video commercials are 15 seconds. You can barely get anything into 15 seconds. Mm -hmm. Um so I've done I've done like Cancer Treatment Center of America and I've done um uh, OE, OG, whatever the Oklahoma gas and electric. OG, 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 yeah. I think it was under, it was AEP was the original group. So that was more of seeing, making sure there was one where you had to match action because they were doing kind of that fade in, fade out. And so you had to make sure that the, the, camera angle was exactly right the actor was placed exactly right so that when they did that fade it matched into the next scene mm -hmm. um so so camera information was really important for that one keeping a little better track of that i've done army um that was making sure that um all the footage that they needed to tell this story was captured um so shot going making sure shot lists everything was um was caught on film mm -hmm. um, keeping track of things like that so so it's not so much making sure that you know the days match or people's continuity as far as you know hands go but it's definitely timing definitely making sure the shot list has been captured for the day mm -hmm. that would be more of what commercials would use and it's important for commercials to have script supervisors as well oh, because yeah. you're working with um clients as well and yeah. sometimes i'll be in video village and i'll have six clients sitting behind me and all of them have different opinions as as what we need to capture and the poor director is probably like i don't even know who's directing this thing i'm not even directing this yeah thing. <laughs> so. yeah. yeah 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 that's the like the stopwatch has always confused me of how that works because back in the day wasn't it like you were timing to to keep track of the film stock or something wasn't it right because if you if you were filming something and you had five minutes left of film and you were four minutes and 55 seconds in you were gonna run out of film stock and you weren't going to be able to to finish the scene um also they were making sure that because it was so expensive to print film they that they were only printing the take so that's the whole circle this take print that take that that's a throwback from when film was actually being produced mm. and so they wanted to make sure hey it costs so much only print the ones we know are probably going to be used so oh, that's good circle that take make sure that the the printers i don't know the whole way how it works but make sure that only these good takes get developed printed sent off to the editor so that wow. we can save money because film is expensive. Mm -hmm. That's so true. Keeping, wow, that's crazy. I never thought of that. Yeah. Yeah, keeping track yeah. of the timing, that was that was mainly to to help with that. Wow. And to make sure that the film fits into your an hour and a half. That's kind of like that sweet spot of 
marketable films are hour and a half, two hours, maybe if you're a, a Christopher Nolan or yeah. three hours, if you're Peter Jackson, right. Or, or, or four hours, if you're Zack Snyder, yeah. <laughs> right. three hours for Terrence Malick and two of those are of uh, wheat blowing in the wind. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, what are you not responsible for? What are some misconceptions that people have about the script supervisor? Um, there's a lot of times where people think I can call cut when I can't. Like mm. I, the only people who are allowed to call cut are the director, um, or, or I think you can sound can call cut, can't they? I, I can call cut on on particular occasions. <laughs> there's a train, and you're like, like if my whole mixer goes down or something, I'm like, yeah, that that'd be yeah. one. <laughs> uh, I think DP can call cut if he knows like batteries dying and cameras and stuff like that. So I pretty much I have to. Sometimes if the director's next to me, I can kind of point things out while they're filming, but I certainly can't call cut on anything until I can, I can point something out afterwards and mm-hmm. then they can decide whether they need to film it again or not. Um, even actors are not allowed to call cut. Like, oh, that drives do, me nuts. They're not supposed to call cut. They're not allowed to do that. Yeah, I hate so. that. They'll be mid monologue or something like that and just be like, cut. Yeah. Or just freaking soldier on and yeah. doing your job push yourself through it you're you're not yeah. allowed to do that oh man so how how exactly did you get into being a script supervisor or a scripty as we like to say i know so okay uh 10 years ago so i started out in production at a production company for about six years working as production coordinators slash receptionist slash every single catch-all job you possibly can, because in a small production company, that's what you do. You learn everything. Um, And then I finally decided, hey, I think I've learned enough. I can go freelance. I've made enough contacts. And that's how the majority of these films and commercials and TV shows are are crewed, is by freelancers. Um, And so I was like, "I I think I can do this freelance life. And so I was contacted by another, uh, a UPM who I'd worked with before. And he was like, hey, we're, we're crewing together this movie. It was, so this is Christmas. And we have first time director, first time AD, first time, he, he was the first time UPM, first time, I mean, first time everybody. So we oh, were wow. kind of all like, well, we don't know if you suck at your job or not. Because <laughs> yeah. it's all of our first No one time. knows. So he gave me a book and was like, read this book. I think you can do this job. And I was like, okay, I think I can do this job too. Uh, so it was Script Supervising and Continuity by Pat Miller, which mm-hmm. is the book that's kind of like the script supervisor's Bible. It's the one that everybody kind of reads to kind of get an overview for what does this job entail? What am I supposed to keep track of? Uh, so I read that book and yeah. And then I just went on set and tried to do the job as best as I knew how. Um, I did lots of lines. Mm-hmm. You know, now I just do one line per, per s- setup. And before mm-hmm. I did one line, every line per take. So there was a lot of lines on that script. It's <laughs> not necessarily needed anymore. Um, and we didn't film, it was our first time doing digitally. So we didn't have to worry about film stock, which was really great. Yeah. Um, we were working, I believe we were working with a red camera. I believe red was just coming out. Ah, uh, the red one. I think, yes. The, I think the big the bulky freaking fan machine yes so (laughs) hey was audio on that one i remember that 
Oh, wow. That was filmed here in Tulsa. That was filmed Cabe Tulsa. Cornell from the previous episode? No yes. way. <laughs> He's been in longer than I have. He's yeah. been in for a long time. So that was that was where I, I first got started. And then, you know, the, the AD, Wendy and Cherie, like I worked with them a lot. And they had another film and they brought me on again and got to meet more people and networked. And, and they were like, oh, yeah, I remember that script supervisor. Oh, we have one in Oklahoma. Let's let's bring them on. We need to fill the lines of our, our budget here with all these crew listings that you'll see. Like, oh, yeah, I guess we do need a makeup person. Oh, I guess we do need a script supervisor. OK, who do yeah. we have? I guess so we should get a camera, started. right? <laughs> well, maybe we need a second AC after all. Yeah. It really is a testament to like how much or how many of us um, really got started from taking a chance and somebody taking a chance on us. Right. It's really kind of cool. Cause I mean, like, I feel like that was kind of how I got started too. Is somebody asked me if I could do it to do sound for a narrative. And I had come off of, I've been working at a studio and mm -hmm. I'd just been doing documentary work, which is a totally different ball game than doing narrative. And uh, I did the research just like you read your book and you know, you, you believe in yourself and you take a chance and, <laughs> and you kind of thank God for patience until you, uh, until you actually feel confident enough to, yeah. to mark yourself. So it's not faking it till you make it. I hate the phrase fake it till you make it Aww. because that's just like starting a career based on a lie. <laughs> you and, do the best you possibly know how to do. Yeah. Yeah. And you're going to make mistakes. Like I make mistakes all the time. Sometimes I hope nobody notices. Sometimes they do. And yeah. I just have to learn from it. And you got to own up to whenever you, when you, when you make a mistake and right. then you learn from that mistake. Yeah. You know, you it's better to own up to it than tried to deny that it ever happened and not learn from it at all right yeah you call exactly. cut and say guys guys i messed up you know what we're gonna do it again we'll get it better and i feel <laughs> yeah. like people probably respect respect you more when you say okay yep that was my fault mm -hmm. sorry let's yeah. move on yeah uh how long did it take for you to feel confident with it uh i think it took probably a good three or four films before i started to get my flow of how what my workflow was um i a lot of script supervisors kind of make their own spreadsheets and kind of figure out what is their way of working um so i would say probably three or four like doing the short films and, and kind of developing what kind of rapport do you want with the director how do you want to talk to the other uh crew members uh, and every film is different. There are some directors who just don't want to, they want to be in the zone. They do not want to be talked about anything. Uh, and then there are some that literally sit right next to you in the monitor and are constantly talking back and forth and trying to make sure everything is covered. Um, I've never had a situation where a director has been like completely avoiding me or like, I don't know, yelling or anything like that. I always tend to have a really good working relationship with the director. So mm -hmm. that's been a blessing because I can't imagine being yelled at for doing my job, but yeah. I know it happens and I know it has happened. Um, I know I've seen it happen and it just sucks because it's like, it's always an arrogant director that's not willing to listen to the person that he is paying to do this job. Right. Listen to your account of like the script supervisor in a way is kind of like an accountability. Yeah. And, uh, and it keeps the director honest 
on the coverage that, you know, so it's just like, mm-hmm. just listen to the people that you're paying. Yeah. <clears throat> They're trying to help. Yeah. Yep. What are some ways that, that students and people that are wanting to get into this world, uh, what are some ways that they can learn how to be a script, script supervisor? You've mentioned a couple different resources. Right. I get, I get that question a decent amount. It's kind of, it's a little bit challenging because there's not necessarily, I know there are courses that people offer that you pay $300 and they'll teach you the fine art of script supervising or something like that. Um, It's kind of one of those scenarios where you just have to read as much as you can about it from various different sources, which the internet has helped with that because people are listing um, templates that they've used, or there's a couple, I think there's a couple websites out there explaining just what the roles are of a script supervisor. Um, Reading, reading the book, uh, any kind of book you can find, and then probably finding some sort of student films or small budget indie films that you can go on and I wouldn't say practice, but it's almost like you have to do this job by doing this job. Yeah. You can't mm-hmm. just, you know, be taught how to do it. You literally have to just jump into the deep end and do it and find someone who's willing to take take a chance on you take you know take you on um if you can find someone that you can intern with that's probably the best way to to learn how to do this job where you're just sitting next to them and you're you're soaking up everything you can about what it takes to be a script supervisor yeah um that's probably the best way to learn is to find someone else that you can apprentice with um there aren't many of us out there to do that. I was going to say, yeah. So, so, and how can we contact you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's, and then, and then to convince production to bring on an intern, like I've, I've brought on interns and then I've had interns given to me. So. Right. Yeah. You're just kind of, saddled with. A person. Yeah. I'm like, I did not ask for said intern, but it was a friend of somebody who they asked to, to be brought on. And I'm like, well, okay, I'll teach yeah. you how to do this. So with want, the hopes that the goodwill will pass on and I will still keep getting jobs. Right. Yeah. So if you want to be a script supervisor, just find someone named Amanda and just follow them around. Just, just <laughs> copy them. Around them. Don't yeah. leave them alone. Copy down everything that they're possibly doing. <laughs> I think, I think there are some, I know there's probably a class or something that's being produced by the, that Oklahoma film workshop oh, the, yeah the right. oklahoma film and tv academy right ta.com that's a good yep. resource um i think occ probably has a little bit of like a i don't know a workshop or something where they would i teach feel them. like they touch on that a little bit yeah you uh, whenever i went to school there we touched on it very lightly but i think they've gotten better about it right mm-hmm. yeah what's a proper squiggle what's a good straight line right yeah, yeah. work and practice I still have a straight line. Well, in just a second, we are going to uh, we're going to talk to Amanda about some fun onset stories that involve the wonderful world of script supervising. And if you want to hear those stories, go to patreon.com slash Oki Show Show and become a patron today. Well, Amanda, thank you so much for giving us some of your time and and just pulling back the veil of what exactly the scripty does. It's such a it's such a it's a mysterious yeah. phantasm of a position. It's like people are always poking. They're like, "What's she doing in Village? What's she doing?" Yeah. I kind of wonder. 
you can go up and talk to us. It's okay. <laughs> We're pretty what? friendly. What? We might be a little bit shy and wonder why you're talking to us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, you I don't want to yell at you. Right. Go away. Go away. Yeah. Just don't block That's them a- off. Just don't, just, next time them. a random crew member comes up to you and starts talking to you, just, you know, look at them and go. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you talking? Can't you tell I have a walkie in one ear and the, that's the one thing people will come. They'll, they'll be sitting next to me and I won't realize how quiet it is around me mm-hmm. because I've got walkie chatter in one ear. Cause I'm a scripty who likes to have a walkie. Mm-hmm. Some scripties don't. I do. I like to know what's going on. And then I'll have audio from the, from your, from Brian's feed going mm. on of all the actors, or sometimes he'll talk to me through the, the mic. Yeah. I like to, I, I talk to you a lot. <laughs> yeah. We're the only ones that have ears. So I'll have, I'll have an earbud in, in the other ear. So I've got voices going all over. And then someone next to me is trying to make conversation and I'm just completely ignoring them because yeah. I don't even realize they're talking. You're in the me. zone. You're out. I'm like, oh, say that again, because I was not paying attention. There was a lot of chatter going on in my head at this moment. Yeah. What's wrong with her? She has lots of voices in her head. She, it's, yes. it's just. I'll go home and still is. hear voices in my head as I'm trying to sleep because there's yeah. so much. Do you, you, know, do, you, do, you bring, do you bring that home of just like to the husband too? He tries to say something. You're just like, sorry, I got. <laughs> I got there's voices in my head already. I don't have room for yours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, awesome. Where can, um, you know, if somebody is out there, they're wanting to produce a movie and they need a script supervisor. How can people get a hold of you? I have my listing up on the Oklahoma Film and Music uh, Production Guide. So under Script Supervisors. So that has my phone number. That has my email. Um, or you, I mean, you can email me. Uh, email and text messages tend to be what, uh, how I get calls. Right. So. Well, we're not going to give out your personal phone number, but <laughs> what's your email? <laughs> that, that's beyond, so, beyond the paywall. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Now, uh, filmgirlmandy at gmail.com is my email. Because when you're going to brand something, you might as well brand, you know, with your name. And this, even my, my license yeah. plate is also a variant of film girl. And people are like, oh, you're a film girl. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, uh, it was just an email I came up with when I first went production. And yeah. uh, that's kind of what it is. Just so own it and go the distance, man. Just embrace it. And you're on Instagram and Facebook too, under I'm on Girl Mandy. Facebook. I have Twitter that I never view. Good I've for you. not done the TikTok thing, probably never will. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm afraid have... of TikTok. <laughs> you got to get Facebook, that script supervisor Facebook, dance in there. I kind of, I, I only, only if I've actually met you will I friend you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but Instagram is kind of a little more open, um, yeah. kind of more scenario. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah. You know, you know. We all we all market ourselves on Instagram. It who does LinkedIn nowadays? I don't know. But I keep getting emails with LinkedIn. They're like, you have fourteen new profile views. I'm like, yeah, you're like, I don't care. My profile. It's a man. I don't want to be a TV producer. Just like, what's she doing now? What's she doing now? Yeah. Well, and then apparently I can't I can't like stalk anybody's pages because they'll alert that person that you've been viewing them. So. Ooh. Oh, I shouldn't do that. You can't Just, be a no. creeper. But email email <laughs> tends to be how how producers or line producers or people kind of contact me. Very nice. And if they have a, a production that they need a script supervisor for. Yeah. Awesome. Well, awesome. Well, Amanda Higo, thank you so much for your time and your knowledge and wisdom. 
Mm-hmm. You're welcome. This has been a lot of fun, guys. This yeah. has been really cool talking to you. It's always I love hanging out with you. You're one of my favorite scripties to work oh, with. Thank you. So. One of two. We, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's split between you and the other Amanda. So. <laughs> some days it's more Amanda, and some days it's more Amanda. Yeah. Right. yeah. I'm friends with the other Amanda too, so it's good. We're good. Yeah. We're- <laughs> I love it. So. All right, girl. Well, thank you so much, and I'll yeah. see you on the next one. All right. All right. Sounds good. The Oki Show Show is a mostly harmless media podcast recorded at Tower Studios in Oklahoma City. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a five-star rating. If you're a business or industry professional that would like to advertise on the podcast, email info at okishowshow.com. Rates starting as low as $25.